Hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of No Meat Athlete Radio. This is Matt Frazier, I'm joined by Doug Hay, and Doug, we are talking running today. That's right. Yeah, the weather's getting warm. Uh, I've started running again. I mean, I've been running, but I've, I've started more seriously doing it. Mm-hmm. You've got a big race coming up, so we're just going to talk about that stuff, uh, just kind of kind of a casual fashion, taking a little break from uh, the, the super serious episodes that we so <laughs> often put out, uh, to just to chat it up a little bit. That's right. This will be fun. All right, so let's first talk about yours, since it's more pressing. Uh, you have a 24-hour race coming up. That's right. So Can you explain to us what that is for those of us who don't? Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the silliest idea, in some ways, of any race ever. Because basically, there's no finish line. You just run uh, a loop. In my case, it's a 5k loop, um, as many times as you can over the course of 24 hours. So there, you know, there will be people who do run for a few hours and then probably sit around, have some food, take a nap, and then go back out and just kind of casually attempt to run the 24 i'm gonna to try to do the whole thing um you know running pretty steady the whole the whole time i want to cover at least 100 miles maybe even a couple bonus miles if, if i can get them in if i'm feeling good enough mm-hmm. so can you give us a guarantee that you'll get 100 miles in the <laughs> the doug hay guarantee <laughs> all right there it is you heard it here first <laughs> awesome and uh it's the Black Mountain Monster, which which I yep. did when I was training for my hundred. I used it. I used the twelve hour version as my long run for the hundred, and I had hoped to get in like sixty miles, but ended up barely getting more than fifty mm-hmm. uh, before I stopped with about I think forty five minutes to go or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, this particular race is is kind of interesting because there are there's probably only going to be about twenty five. I think are registered right now. There'll probably be a couple more uh, in the hundred doing the twenty four hour mm-hmm. right, and then but then there's also two twelve hour races. There's one in the daytime and one at night. Yep. And then a six-hour race, and then you can also do the twenty-four as a team, so as a relay team. And I think I don't know what, exactly what the rules are, but I assume you have four or five members, and you kind of take turns running over the course of twenty-four hours. So I'll definitely be, you know, in this group of really slow people who are just cranking it out, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get it done. Meanwhile, there'll be other people doing the six-hour race or the relay that are just flying by us. So that I mean, that'll be kind of interesting to be laughed essentially probably by by some of these people uh yeah repeatedly over the course I, of the... I remember when i did it you very quickly like your ego just goes away and you're like oh that person must be on the six hour team <laughs> they're, they're passing me uh it just it just became that i mean you didn't know who was running what i mean you started to learn who was running what but it just didn't really matter yeah i don't know i i really like that style of race i'd like to do another one like that um it it certainly suits my style of running well which is like just the not doing it for the for the thrills of being up in the mountains and, right. and the views and conquering the mountain as much as like doing it to accomplish this goal, which is for you in this case, run, run hundred miles in 24 hours. Um, I like that you could just totally zone out. Like it's true that the environment is not exciting, but like, I, I like that after you've done it a couple of times, you know exactly what it is. And right. like, the, I don't know when, when you're 50 miles into a hundred and you don't know the remaining 50 miles ahead of you, I think that's way less comforting than knowing exactly what it is. Sure. And you just got to sure. manage manage to keep moving forward, you know, on this loop. Yeah, there, there are going to be definite, definitely some uh, pros to this kind of this style of racing because I'll, every half, every three miles, every 5K, I'll be 
passing by a tent that has uh, my family will be coming out for parts of it my friends um, I'll have a big cooler or a big thing of food and a lot of change of clothes you know basically I can count on the fact that every three miles which is a lot in an ultra marathon I'll be passing by a giant aid station with everything I want plus whatever the race is providing right uh, which is will be incredibly comforting comforting and throughout the night I'll be knowing that you know I'm passing by this familiar group of warm campfire warm campfire and people at. drinking beer <laughs> <Right>. and <laughs> Yeah, so that's the scary part is you could you could also stop at any time at the I, I mean I guess you have a goal so you you can't quite right um, for me it was like it was once I hit fifty it was like I don't I'm not doing this anymore I'm done I got my fifty miles in and that's <laughs> right. that's you enough. quit a little early right yeah like I mean I was slowing down my I I went out way too fast like mm-hmm. I think I was doing ten minute miles from the beginning of the race not not intending to but like just was feeling good I was like hey this is easy it's only a five mile loop and it's not you know, it just you just I just didn't realize I don't know. It was very easy to forget how long you'd be out there running right. when when it's only a three mile loop. Uh so I was slowing down a lot and I think by the end my loops were near near enough to fifteen minute miles that I was not sure if I if I went out again that it would get counted oh, you know, right. for the yeah. last time. So with forty five minutes to go I was like that's that's mm-hmm. enough and got in fifty something instead of fifty three. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely a mental challenge for that reason for wanting knowing that you know my house is literally two miles away. <laughs> um, so I've told I've told Katie that if that if I want to stop, then she can she can let me lay down and do whatever I need to, but she can't let me go home. So you know at, at, at four o'clock in the morning, the last thing I want to do is lay down in the grass, right? If I'm in a lot of pain, I'm going to want to go to bed. I'm going to want to take a shower and right, go to bed. Right, But she, I can't, she's not going to let me go okay, home. That's so good. Then, I like that. So then, you know, I'm not going to want to lay in the grass. So right, so you may as well running. just move or yeah. walk. Like, really, mm-hmm. you, you right. can still cover ground walking, and it, it's not that miserable. You're just, you know, yeah. you're eating up eating up time. I, I put I put together a pace uh, chart for myself uh, to, to stay on track and, it breaks down every hour, so I know exactly how many loops I should be if I'm gonna mm-hmm. break Good. 100. Um, and and it progressively gets slower. So it starts out at about 12 and a half minute mile per mile pace. That includes any stopping, so it'll be a little slightly faster than that. And gradually gets to 20 minute miles towards towards the end for the last few few okay. hours. So we were talking about this, and I'm curious to hear what did you actually decide on, if anything, uh, regarding the discussion is is how how do you best pace a 24 hour 100 mile mm-hmm. if that's your goal because unlike marathons the goal isn't necessarily to negative split or even split right. it because that's sort of i mean not impossible but way harder to do in an ultra because there are these sort of failure points that just happen your feet just get tired right. from running that long and then running through the night as the second half of your race that's going to slow you down generally so right and you'll be dealing with different pains and you know blisters and other pains in your feet and Right, maybe some chafing or whatever it is that uh, basically things that no matter how slow you begin, you can't really avoid. I mean, right, right it's right. going to happen no matter what. So, so there's not so much benefit to going super slow mm-hmm. at first. So, anyway, what's what did you decide? So, I'm definitely planning on not negative splitting. I'm not even going to try to to do anything like that. Um, I ended up deciding to to pace it by loops instead of miles. So, originally, I was thinking maybe I wanted 60 miles in the first 12 hours or something like that. Um, and what I, I, I came to, what it comes to is about 56 miles in the first 12 hours. Uh, and that will round out a certain amount of loops or something. And I don't remember exactly how it worked out. But And then the next half, so the next 12 hours, um, 
finishes out the the rest of the hundred miles. But I, I've split it into six hours, so it's really six hour goals, mm-hmm. and and that's when the pacing shifts at every six hours. Okay, so at what point will you hit fifty miles? You know, like what roughly what time that equates to? Just because that's how I'm used to thinking about it. Yeah. So I just pulled up my chart here, and I will hit. Uh, let's see. Well. Sorry. <laughs> um, it basically I'm doing 29 miles in the first six hours for and and 29 miles in the second six hours. So I'm going to try to hold the same pace for the first 12 hours. So that would be 58 miles in the first 12 hours. So okay, you know whatever that would gotcha. be 10 and a half hours right, or something for right. for 50 miles. 10 and a half. Okay, that's yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, so, yeah. It seems that usually the advice is somewhere between 10 and 11 hours is what you should plan for in a hundred for your first 50 because mm-hmm. they, the advice that I heard was if you, if you run the first 50 in 10, you can hike at the last 50 in 14 hours. If, if that's all you had left was hiking and hopefully right. you'll have something more than that. Uh, but a 10 hour 50, that's, that's a pretty hard. I mean, we've, I've done near that. You've done under that mm-hmm. and it, you're pretty wiped out after that. So that's yeah, not an definitely. easy thing to do. It's not no, like you have a not. lot of energy left after that's done. No, and it'll be different. This will be the first, this will be the, by far the flattest 50 miler I've ever run. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. not completely flat there. Maybe three or four hills, but they're, but they're just pretty short hills. I mean, you can yeah. power hike up them in, in a, just a few minutes and then yeah. um, continue on. So, it'll you know, it's going to be a different challenge for me. I'm excited because it's different. I'm excited because I, it's not my typical mountain ultra, which is what I would normally be attracted to, mm-hmm. uh, which I think will be good. It'll be a different type of challenge, and, and, and I really have always wanted to get under... 24 hours for 100 so this will be hopefully a good opportunity for me to do that not hopefully it's guaranteed it's a guarantee that's right right. or your money back for this podcast (laughs) so doug i got an email inviting i said my wife inviting us to come sit in the middle (laughs) and run a loop uh is that is that an offer you're willing to extend to the entire nomad athlete radio oh absolutely yeah it's a black mountain north carolina tweet (laughs) me at (laughs) rock creek runner and, and i'll hook you up with my wife and uh you can come out and sit in the middle and sit in the middle talk. and heckle other runners i was thinking that we should have like a a big um maybe this won't go over for a lot of well for a lot of people but i was thinking we could have like a big um smoker or something that was tempting all of the other runners except for me so they're drawn to ah, this uh, the smell of of meats or or whatever it is and, and i can and i can just keep on going because i'll know that <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's not for me <laughs> so what are you do you, what food will you have there you know yeah i'm gonna make a lot of uh, wraps ahead of time i'm gonna do some hummus wraps and avocado wraps and things like that um some refried beans as i picked up i we're gonna bring a grill since it's just a you know we can just set it up all day they're gonna bring a grill and have some veggie burgers uh and with buns and everything i think that that's gonna be pretty tasty and mm-hmm. then uh Veggie broth was something that I'd used in the Thomas Jefferson 100K, and I'm going to try to do that again. I, I liked that a lot um, when I was running TJ, so I'm going to try to do that again, and that's going to be my focus. I'll probably have some things like Numino's or other junk food that that's right, you don't mind. I wouldn't always eat, but will taste really good and be high calorie. Yeah, so. and that's I think, I don't know if we've said this on here before, but uh, at, at the level that you and I are running at, where we're not trying to win the race, a lot of the nutrition strategy is how do you how do you keep yourself happy so that you don't quit. Right. I mean, that that 
sort of becomes the role of nutrition as comfortable on. as possible yeah right because you everything about you is uncomfortable at that point and mm-hmm. there are so many reasons why you should just stop going so you don't want the fact that that you you feel terrible because you couldn't eat anything uh or because all you're eating is gels and you can't possibly get down another gel because it just sounds terrible right um yeah, there's a much different strategy if you're trying to win the race. For them, you know, they probably don't want to eat a box of Numenos. It's probably going to not Slow be the, yeah, not not an efficient thing to eat. First of all, and and probably doesn't do much for you. Right. But uh, yeah, at, at the level of where the point is not to quit, then uh, I think I think that stuff is really you know makes sense for, for yeah. a nutrition yeah. strategy. And and I'll, of course I'll have gels and dates that I'll be carrying around for kind of a every 45 minutes. I'll I'll have something just. Uh, as for as long as I can. Normally, I I do gels for as long as I can stomach them. And this was this is actually my race where I realized that I would not be able to eat a date every fifteen minutes in my hundred. Yeah, that's, that's where I trialed it, and uh-huh. I I don't know. I think it was the first marathon of it that I ate a date every fifteen minutes, uh-huh. uh, which would have been probably I don't know. I think I think I did that first marathon pretty fast, like like four hours or something, and so I think it was must have been fifteen twenty dates. And it was, I just couldn't couldn't do it anymore for that. <laughs> that was the end of that idea. Yeah, but but because I have this aid station every three miles, and there's actually an aid station in the middle. I guess at mile one and a half or something. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to go pretty minimalist. I'm gonna you know probably not carry a bottle for at least the first few hours. Yeah, and not have That's a pack good. or anything like that. So just have only what I need instead of weighing myself down with all this stuff. Mm-hmm. If I'm gonna be out there for 24 hours, I might as well be as comfortable as as possible. Yeah. That's I. You're gonna have good weather, or, or somewhat better weather than I had it, which is because when I did it, it was in June, right? And it was 95 degrees, and I it actually was good because it made me realize how poorly I handled heat. Like I always thought I was a good heat runner, and I I still think I am, but I found that I I was by the end of like after 30 miles or so, I was every time I would stop at an aid station when I would start running again, I would have these weird chills, like feverish chills. Like my body temperature must have just been plummeting as soon as I stopped mm-hmm. and it was really a weird thing so it made me realize like what an important thing it is to figure out that about ultra running uh just how to regulate your body temperature yeah because I was expecting that my hundred would be in similar weather it turned out to be much much cooler so that'd be good so I had to bring a water bottle the whole time because right. I was concerned about that right but you uh you will not so that's that's really nice I wish I could be there I'll be up in Colorado and running out there for a conference but then running with uh, our our Denver group and then our Oklahoma City group which would be fun yeah. Um, but I will be sorry to miss miss this. It'd be fun just to go there and sit in the middle, run a couple loops now and then. Mm-hmm. So do you think I should go out really hard and just try to psych out the entire competition? Just to I, if you want to win, I think that's the way to do it. <laughs> go, get out there so that this. nobody wants to wants to keep going. Because because at this, the quitting is a huge factor. People can just quit at the drop of a hat right. if they feel like they're not going to win. Mm-hmm. So you can, if they if they know that I'm just out there to win it, they'll, they'll just stop. They'll stop. They'll wish they didn't even come out. But then it'll be three o'clock in the morning. I'm the only one running around. <laughs> I'm gonna hate myself. Good. Well, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, I would encourage anyone listening to this to try. It. Like, if you're new to ultra running and you haven't, and you're afraid of ultra running, that's I think the way to do it. I, I really do. Like, it, it's a, such a controlled environment mm-hmm. where it's easy to get aid and you know exactly what's coming, and you avoid crazy hikes up hills that you're not prepared for. Uh, you avoid being by yourself out there for a long time. I, I think it's a, it's a really nice format for a race not certainly the most exciting by any means but uh, i like it yeah yeah it'll be a different different type of challenge so it starts at 10 a.m on saturday and runs till 10 a.m on on sunday which will be you know so i'll have the sun come up again i'll have it set and come up yep. again in the morning and and then get right. it done good and then i'll i'll call you and 
see what you're up to. <laughs> that, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah, that's a May May 16th Saturday, right? People yep. can come join you. Okay, that's right. Cool. I'll be. I've just gotten to Oklahoma City that day. So good. So I'm not the only one training for anything. No, you're not. I've uh, officially signed up for a fall marathon, which I threatened to do a long time ago in a blog post that it was about my marathon comeback. And I'm really glad I wrote that <laughs> blog post because I I just couldn't pick one. I, I was I don't know what it was. Maybe it's maybe partly out of fear, just having not trained like this in a long time. Uh, but I, I just couldn't lock in one and say yes, this is the one I'm going to do. So here's the schedule I need to follow to get there. Uh, and I was putting it off and putting it off, and finally I was like, I, I just need to pick one because really because I wrote this post and people were going to expect me to run a fall marathon. So there's some good accountability for you. Uh, I picked the Richmond Marathon because after my trip to Virginia Beach, because I visited them, I think I mentioned that on the podcast, visited them a couple weekends ago. Yeah. Several of them had run Richmond and said that it was, in fact, the friendly marathon, as it is known as. But like, <laughs> Runner's World gave it that award and then... I don't know. Everyone knows it, knows it as that. I think and, it's their tagline now. Yeah, and they said it really was a really good experience. Kind of hilly, like compared to Virginia Beach, though. So that's totally flat. Uh, so I expect that it will be nothing like running around here, but have some rolling hills and stuff. So mm-hmm. not not a PR course by any means. Uh, but anyway, it's it's still even though I delayed in actually signing up, it's November uh, either fourteenth or fifteenth, some, sometime mid November, which is like. From when I signed up, it was 196 days away, which was ended up being like 28 weeks or something. So a good long way away, which is different for me because I've never – I'm always much less patient than that. You know, I get excited about a marathon. I want to pick the fastest one I can feasibly do, like the soonest <laughs> one I can do. Right. And often what I've done in the past is end up picking one that's like if, – if I'm planning to use an 18-week training program, I'll pick one that's 15 weeks away. And I'm like, okay, I'll find a way to make those weeks up and just get it in. Uh, so this is way different. I feel like I have – matured in some way as a runner and i realized that it, whether i run one in 18 weeks or 28 weeks ultimately doesn't matter big picture uh but but it will affect how how prepared i am for the race so i picked one a long way away my plan as i wrote in that post is to do the the hansen's running plan yeah hansen brothers uh i think they're in uh michigan i could be wrong about that but they uh they have a fairly well-known plan that the the um, distinctive factor about it is that their long runs never exceed 16 miles on a given Saturday. They do have a lot of back-to-back stuff so that you might run a 16 on Saturday and then 8 or 10 on Sunday, uh, which you won't see in a typical marathon plan. Usually you just have the everything all on Saturday and then a Sunday, very little or a day off. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, a typical marathon plan would go up to 20 or 21 miles. Yeah. So this is different from that. And uh, it's it's not it's not sold as like, here's the marathon plan to do if you don't want to do long runs. It's, I mean, it's what they think is the, the best way you can train for a marathon. And they have mm-hmm. a team of elites. I don't know that their elites don't run more than 16 miles. I would imagine they do, but I don't know for sure. I think that, I think that there are also pretty low mile, like low long run okay. mileage. Um, and that's, that's the thing that we should clarify is that it's not really a low mileage plan. Like I think, so basically it's just that your, your mileage from Saturday is kind of spread out over the week. So you end up doing a lot of, eight, 10 mile runs during the week, especially by the end of it, you're doing a lot of that. Uh, and when I was looking at, at their, cause they have a beginner plan and an advanced plan, both are free online. You can find them just by Googling it. Um, but it ended up, I think like if I'm, if I end up completing the advanced plan and really doing it all, I'll be running more miles than I was training than in training for the hundred. I believe, I think something in excess of, of 60 miles per week or so at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So it ends up being a lot. Yeah, it's a lot um, of mileage. Yeah, I could, I should verify that. I don't know for sure that that's true, but I think that's what I remember seeing. 
Uh, and, and what I'm doing for the 10 weeks before that 18-week plan starts, because I have these 10 extra weeks, is just starting with their beginner plan. So mm. they have that. Um, the It's like three and four-mile runs mostly in the week, five of them. Not, so you know, pretty low mileage, but it that's somewhat more consistent than I've been. And I, really, for me, it's about following a plan. Like Just right now, going through the exercise of actually running three miles when it says to run three miles, taking the day off when, even though I don't need a day off, just taking it off because the plan says that. That's something I just haven't really done, certainly not since I trained for the 100, but in the context of marathon training, I haven't really done that since like I was training for the BQ. I mean, I, I have done any marathon training I did after that was very informal. It wasn't aimed at right. being fast as much as just getting a race done. Yeah. So it was sort of take a day off when you feel like it or skip a day off if you don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like yesterday was, was a day off. I didn't realize it was a day off. I was expecting I had to go out and run three or four miles. And uh, I realized like at noon when I looked at what the run was today, I realized it was an off day. And my first thought was, I'm still going to do it because I feel like, you know, I don't need a day off. I can go do three miles. And in fact, I enjoy that. I want to go listen to some podcasts and just do that time. But I said, no, I'm going to not do it. Actually follow the plan, do what it says, just to get in that routine of I'm actually listening to what this thing That's tells great. me to do. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a little different. But So you'll build up the first 10 weeks of, of this plan, of the beginner's plan? Build up the first 10, and then uh, there's no really long run in this plan or, or I should I should, uh, and that's a relative term, of course. But in like one of the final weeks of those first ten, there's a 15 mile run on a Sunday. So my plan is to not do 15 that day, but instead do a controlled half marathon. Where mm-hmm. I'll, I'll plan a route around here. I wish there were a race that I could do, but there's not that I saw. Um, but pick a, a fairly flat route around here, which is kind of hard to find. But I can probably find one that is Rolling Hills, sort of equivalent to what I'll be running in Richmond. Um, do a good hard test effort half marathon to see what see what I've managed to do in ten weeks of training, and then use that uh, basically to set all my training paces for the for the race. For, figure out what a reasonable goal marathon time is using like the McMillan cal- calculator. Is if people have never used that, it's a good calculator. You can go put it in a recent race time, five k, ten k, half marathon, and it will give you your other your other projected race times. Like what so you know what you should do, and I think it even gives you your paces. It tells you here's your tempo pace, here's your speed work pace, all these different things. Yep. So my plan, I've kind of used heart rate generally in the past as a training guide. Actually, we should, I should step back. <laughs> when you're trying to, oh, this, this question comes up all the time. People look at a plan and they say, okay, how do I actually know what my paces are for tempo run, speed work, even the long run? Because people will say, you know, should I do it at race pace? Should I do it way slower than race pace? And there's lots of different schools of thought. But the ways I've done it before, I, I've trained according to heart rate before, mm-hmm. where you you do those workouts just just to get your heart rate to a certain point, which which works. Not not hard to follow if you have a good heart rate monitor. The problem is that you know when they tell you like when you figure out first of all what your max heart rate is, especially if you're just using a formula, um, that's not really a universal thing. I mean, it's it's an estimate, and right. you can you can go get way more accurate assessments done. But most people don't do that. And then even the workouts and the zones and things like that. I mean, even that is based, is still just kind of an estimate based on large numbers of runners. And they say, this is our best fit line. We think at 70% of max heart rate is when you switch from this zone to this zone. If you really want to know and do it right, you need to go actually do, you know, get whatever kind of test done at a, at a right. GM or fitness center. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way. Like when I trained to BQ though, I was close enough to my Boston qualifying time that I said, this 310 marathon is my goal. So that's the marathon pace I'm using. And then from that, using a calculator like McMillan, you can back out all of the training paces that you need to be running at. So that was another way. If you have a set goal in mind, um, 
but then this other way, what I'm going to do here is is just run a strong test effort at the beginning because I don't have a, a specific goal for this race, but just run that half marathon as a test, uh, assuming the conditions are going to be roughly similar to how they'll be at the marathon, and then use that to dictate the paces. And probably, you know, with with not having trained hard in the past few years, really, um, I expect that I'll probably be making a lot of gains after those initial 10 weeks, like still be making them pretty quickly. So it's probably something I need to adjust uh, with a 10K raise or even maybe even half marathon later on in the training program, right? And uh, and pick the paces that way. But yeah, that's kind of it's kind of that's my thought when I hear you say this is that you know it's been a long so long since you've been doing a formal training plan like you said, and I yeah. think that you'll see some big gains at the end of those eighteen weeks. Yeah, I think so too. So uh, I'm excited about that. It has made me start eating better. I've actually been doing well better again. Subjective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing. 80 10 10 in the daytime and then after oh, yeah? at dinner time switching over to cooked food and and uh still no oil but uh just just raw fruits and vegetables during the daytime really watching the fat which i've always like not cared about at all other than when i'm doing 80 10 10 uh but it is very difficult to keep your fat under or at 10 percent of calories and in fact i think i think that's the, the worst part of 80 10 10 as far as like long-term health i think we should have more fat than 10 percent. just my opinion based on some other things i've read um, so like I've said, I can get up to 20% fat and I'll be okay. Like if I do that to me, that's still following the diet that I'm trying to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I heard Arnstein, Mike Arnstein, the fruitarian, uh, on, I listened to his old interview on the ultra runner podcast, which is a really good interview. It's, it gives you a good, uh, glimpse into his, his enthusiasm and personality. <laughs> um, but he, he says there, he says, some people find they're better at 20% fat. Some find they're better at 10%, some maybe even less than 10%. Uh, for him, he said he really likes being around 10%, and that works well. But, uh, and this might be getting kind of specific, but like if you basically, if you just eat fruits and vegetables all day, raw, 5% of the calories there roughly are going to be from fat. So that means you have 5 more percent of your total calories to work with uh, if you're trying to stay at 10%. Uh, so 2,000 calorie diet, if that's what you're following, which not everyone is, but as an example, 10% of that is 200 calories, which is divided by what nine calories per gram of fat only somewhat a little bit more than than uh what 20 20 grams of fat or something like 20 22 grams of fat and that's for 10 percent. so you only have five to work with so that's that's 11 grams of fat for the whole rest of the day so uh, that's what you're using for the dinner you're trying to follow the 10 percent after i'm i'm kind of <laughs> i'm trying to just limit it I, i'm not really yeah, looking yeah. at that carefully but i figured okay. out that like basically half an avocado or half an ounce of nuts is five percent of my day's calories wow. in fat yeah so wow. so you automatically getting five percent from fruits and vegetables then i can add in to a salad half an avocado that gets me at ten percent and then if i'm adding nuts or something into a smoothie which i do i, I want to get more than ten percent uh yeah just a, a handful of nuts will put you up at twenty percent with the avocado and the, the fat that's already there so it's very very easy and you can see how people i think if you're not paying attention to this you could probably be eating 50 percent of your calories from fat and not realize it because hmm. these tiny amounts i mean if you're if you're snacking on a huge bowl of nuts and an avocado yeah like throughout the day that you're, you're getting a ton of calories from fat which i'm not here to say whether that's good or bad i just don't know enough about sure really how what that does and i think it seems that people really do thrive on a variety of diets and you see paleo athletes who are who are winning races and you see fruitarian athletes winning races so i don't know that one is better for sports you know a different amount of fat um but anyway i'm trying to keep it around 20 percent, and uh it's it's hard but i like it i like how i feel this way I really do feel like I need less sleep. I just I just wake up earlier naturally, and I'm not as tired at bedtime. So I, I enjoy that out of it because I would rather have more waking hours than, than not. 
I'm I'm super sleepy this week, so maybe I need to. <laughs> there you go. I need to start. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. I like it in the warm weather. It's just really easy for me to eat. Way easier to eat fruits and things like that throughout the day when it's warm out than when it's mm-hmm. cold out. You just I'm just not in the mood for that stuff when it's cold out. And they're better. I mean, you know, like cantaloupes yeah, right now more are, in season. are more in season than they're exactly. yummy. And, yeah. exactly. But um, the the raw till four thing. I don't again. I don't know if that's better than than full on raw or not. But as far as compliance and something that I can live with, like that's when I want the warm, comforting meals at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So for me, it works well. Just kind of eat super clean, still no oil, cooked fruits and vegetables, or sorry, cooked vegetables, a little bit of grains, beans maybe. Um, but anyway, that's that's my plan. Eighty ten ten with a few adjustments, kind of just to sort of limit the limit the risk and limit the difficulty in doing it. I'm not being like super like if I go out to eat, I'm not caring about it at all. Right. Just because I'm not, I don't, I don't have reason to be that strict about my diet. Right. I don't think. So what what would be a successful going back to the marathon? What would be a what would be a successful marathon for you? You know what I I have hopes of running something close to my BQ time three ten. Oh really? Um, that would be way bigger way better than most people would predict i think because after that bq i ran two marathons i think i ran two more after that and they were both actually, i think i ran three after that and they were all in the 330s mm-hmm. one might have even been 340 something and these were not trying hard to train but but still trying you know getting the miles in to, to do a marathon it wasn't like i was unprepared for it right um so having having now been three years since that time i think a lot of people would say that 310 is kind of an ambitious goal for me to do uh, but I guess in my defense, I've run a bunch of ultras since then, including the hundred. And one thing that really surprised me was during that hundred training, I did a half marathon distance run kind of near the beginning of it. I've been, I've been doing some base running, but not really started any kind of serious training and, uh, did a half marathon run near the beginning and ended up running what had it been in a race would have been my fastest clocked half marathon ever. So I, I think there's something that is kind of making me maintain a decent fitness level. I think it could be a combination of, first of all, the hills around here where we live. Sure. Where it's just, you go out, I feel like I'm not doing a lot of work. I'm going out for three to five mile runs four times a week, but they're on pretty serious hills. And, you know, you've heard the quote that, that what is it, speed work, or hill work is speed work in, hills are speed work in disguise. Right. So if if these four times a week, I'm actually doing something like a speed workout, you know, I mean, and certainly I'm not really doing that. <laughs> um but maybe that's kept me in shape. I also think, and I, I really am finally willing to say that I think the diet pl- plays into it. Uh, I, I really do think that just eating really well uh, has 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 a way of keeping me in shape when I'm not training super hard. That's great. So anyway, I have no idea what to expect. Um, that could be but, that could be a total overestimate of my abilities or, or how well this will go. I think I'll learn pretty quickly. It's not like I'm going to show up on race day and say, "Well, I think I'll run a three ten and then end up running a three forty. Uh, I think I'll I'll know how it's going heading in. Yeah. But just just with 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 diet and with how I feel now, I'm I think that's kind of a, a stretch goal, but one that I'd I'd like to do because I'd love to be in a position to to shoot for three hours after that, and the thought of that being like three or four marathons away for me is kind of too much for me to handle. I just feel like <laughs> I, you know I'm not in it for that long a haul. I want to do this one or get down to that and then you know do another hundred or something. It's kind of I don't have another. BQ quest in me. It's just, it's just you know a seven seven race progression. Right, right. So well, good. And so then, are you going to be doing any speed work as part of this? Yeah. So there run? there are speed work specified days and tempo run days. They don't give you specific workouts. Maybe in their book they do, or maybe if you're actually working with them. Like these plans online 
are I think meant for their groups because the the final day of it it says like Detroit Free Press Marathon Day or something. So like it's just it's a plan they just put on there for people to do I guess nearby who are training for a race. Yeah. Um, so they don't specify that stuff. Maybe they would tell you if you were showing up in person with them. Um, but my plan for that is to take the run less, run faster workouts because that was the program I actually did when I when I did qualify for Boston, and I love the workouts in there. The the speed workouts and the tempo runs they very specifically said exactly what to do, what paces to do it at. Every repeat was specified, do it at this pace. And it worked for that. It worked really well. That itself was a 10-minute PR for me, that race, over what I thought was about as good as I could run before that. So that was a really big PR, that race. And I think it was partly diet, but I think a lot of it was just that program worked really well for me. So I'm going to take those speed tempo workouts and kind of apply those to this one. Except we did mention that there's a group in Nashville that does some track runs. Yeah. So I'll probably be I won't be super strict, and, and if we do that instead one week that or several weeks that uh, that works as well for me. Cool. Yesterday I was running with my running group in Black Mountain, and um, we just we we don't normally do this, and I don't think we're going to continue to do this very often. But we were doing half mile repeats around the little lake, uh, Lake Tomahawk in, in Black Mountain, uh-huh. And so it wasn't a track workout or anything, but we were doing half mile repeats and just really pushing. And then we did a fast finish back to where we were, back to the bar where we finished all our <laughs> all of our runs. Mm-hmm. But it was it was the it was the hardest I had run like in in I, probably a couple of years. <laughs> and, and it was the first time I I thought I was going to puke. Not I've I've puked during runs, but of course you know late in an ultra marathon when I for a completely different reason you feel right. completely different. But right. where you're running to the point you know so hard that you feel like you're going to puke. That, that was a uh, it was hard. <laughs> it, it it felt good. You know, and afterwards I was like, wow, I really worked hard today, and that, that felt <laughs> yeah. good. But but yeah, speed work is hot, tough. As we've said before, that's that's kind of one of the reasons I've delayed getting back to this. I, I've been saying for really since the hundred, I said I I would like to run a fast marathon again and get back to that. And here we are a year and a half later, and I've only finally decided to actually sign up for a race uh, because it's it's a daunting thing to you know to to think about doing a workout like that every single week or, or multiple workouts like that every single week, even if they're not all speed workouts. Right. Like when I had this really successful training season, that's that's how three workouts a week were: the the long run, the tempo run, and the speed work. They were all every one of them was like in the middle of it. I said, "There's no way I'm going to finish the second half at this pace." <laughs> and it's like one more mile I'm going to do, and then I'm going to quit. Yeah. And it was that the whole second half, and, and every time you would barely do it, and just be exhausted and gassed and like want to puke, basically. Uh, which, which in hindsight, you look back at that, it's like, man, that was great. I was, that was great. <laughs> right. But man, in the moment of that, it, I mean, it's hard. It's really a lot of mm-hmm. pain you're putting yourself totally. in. It's way yeah. different from from the training that we have done recently, where it's just go out there, relax, listen to a podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's, I think, that's a big part of the reason for my delaying. It just, it's just knowing what it's like and remembering. And realizing it's been a long time since I've done that, so so that, that's how I'm planning to actually run all 24 hours of oh yeah of my hundred yeah. You should alternate like walking with sprinting, five, <laughs> yeah. the, the three mile loops. <laughs> what if I did that? I like just like somebody... pass everybody and then everyone and passes. Then they... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I wonder how long it'd take for somebody to tell me that that was a stupid <laughs> approach. <laughs> I bet not long. I bet, the, I bet the second time you pass someone sprinting by them, uh-huh. you'd start getting some comments. <laughs> that's great. Good. Well, that's uh, that's an update on us. It's a selfish episode, just about us, not about the listener at all. You're not supposed to do that. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, people people got some insight out of this, and uh, feels good for us after having been in kind of academy promotion mode for the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I don't want to 
we won't go back into that, of course, but uh, we should mention that we, we changed the deadline. It was going to be Tuesday, May 12th uh, as the last day before the price goes up and this stuff, bonuses go away. Um, decided to also put together a little email series launch for, for the Nomad Athlete readership audience, not just the podcast listenership. So we figured we'd bunch it all together, and uh, the deadline, tentative deadline, I think now, is going to be Thursday, May 21st. So you've got a little more time if you're if you're on the fence about the academy you want to make a decision. Um Thursday, May twenty first would be the last day to to get in with all the with all the goodies and the, the lowest price. So that's all we'll say about it. If if you're interested, it's at nomeatathlete.com slash academy dash invite. And with that, I think uh I think that's it. I've got a run today. You gonna run Doug? Give it No, day off. You're tapering, right? I'm tapering. You're in serious Taper taper-time. mode now. Well yesterday I did that workout and that was that was kind of my right. last last real workout hey, I you can't up... be doing that what, what are we doing I know. <laughs> 10 days out well ah. you know 10 days out is when i normally do my last focused run i did 10 miles yesterday and then about four of those were during that workout um and then now it's all just feet up good okay i hope so recliner in full recline mode mm-hmm. good all right listen to listen to the selfish podcast as i as we edited it <laughs> good all right well i hope you guys like this and uh we'll be back with another one soon all right all right talk to you later